never too late. Hit it. Life has to be lived forward, but you can only understand it by looking back. back. Mm -hmm. Dave, thank you so much for food, man. You're welcome. Really, really, Appreciate it. really wonderful. Man. You guys being here. My mom and my brother. I told my mom. So I had my podcast uploaded. Just as a placeholder, I wanted to get all mm -hmm. the ducks in a row. So mm -hmm. when it's actually ready, just hit upload and I'm done. I don't want to be fussing around with it. Mm -hmm. I told my mom. It's not ready to listen to, but it's uh, it's up there. And the next day, she was like, "So, you turned it on, even though you told me not to." <laughs> and uh, your brother was here, and um, we ended up not being able to peel ourselves away from it. Oh wow! And um, it's so cool. She, she, your brother really liked it, mm -hmm. which I thought was. My brother, like, um, I don't know, he's, he's not one to just sit and do something. Like, you're probably not going to find him reading a book. Really? <laughs> or listening to a podcast, or, you know. <clears throat> um, if I just house that whole lamb curry, you guys, you're not... Oh, that's yours. Oh, okay, okay. You house that shit. How's that? How How's is that? that? How's that lamb curry? Are you telling me to do it or are you asking me how it is? Mm. Yeah, man. I do like this this food, but my guts do not. Really? Uh, every time. Huh. I'm just not used to it, but. Maybe that, yeah. Yeah, like without fail. They fucking throw down, though. I called, uh, or I looked him up online, looked up the number, and it said closed. I was like, uh oh. You better not be. <laughs> I brought this shirt when they're closed. But I called anyway, and they answered. We open in 10 minutes. Like, oh, sweet. Can I order now? Sure. Oh. Mm. Told my sister I didn't believe in God. Because she asked. Oh, she just straight up asked you. No. Oh, that's a good segue into. Uh, what we're, what we're about to get into. Here. Oh, really? So should I save it or no? We're recording, so... Oh! <clears throat> no, I'd like actually like to... Oh, she was pretty heartbroken. Really? Yeah, she assumed, I think, that this whole time I'm like... I'm like... Why did it bother her? Why did it bother her? I think it's because she has so much invested in it. Hmm. She, she's been... She's a lifelong Presbyterian... Bible reader, um, and uh, I mean, you really couldn't tell this whole time. I was a little on the, the shaky side as far yeah. as faith goes. So I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. But you don't not believe in God either. 
I mean, that could vac- Wait, I, I think I could probably vacillate between not believing into being like agnostic and being sort of like, yeah, all right, there is something. But I did hear I was listening to um, Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about like with the evidence that he has, God is either all power can can either either be all powerful or all or good, mm-hmm. right? One of those things, because what he sees in the world tells him that either he's all good, but he's not all powerful to do something, or he's all powerful, but he's not all good oh. and chooses not to. So they're not mutually exclusive, right? Or they Which are I thought was a really exclusive. great. Yeah, they are. They yeah. are mutually exclusive. So that was a great division. Of um, good philosophical thinking around that idea. I picked a good one. If you're going to believe in a God, yeah, you don't want to believe in a God who lets all this shit happen. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you want to believe in a God who lives in solidarity with you. I find that... What do I want to say here? Arvin, that's so disingenuous. <laughs> Your timing really throws me off. <laughs> what do I want to say here? You are a huge disappointment... I'm not telling you what you're saying. I'm, oh. but what I, what I pick up with y- you is that um, there is definitely like a, a godlike mechanism that is constantly working for you, whether it be God or a just laws of literal physical universe mm-hmm. that we live in like you know laws as in you know gravity mm-hmm. the law of attraction whether it be real or, or not mm-hmm. however that that works I've been having um, to deal with that my whole life <laughs> <laughs> no not the law of being attracted oh shit okay <laughs> sorry <clears throat> um, but I find I, I've, I've resorted to calling it like the God mechanism. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I, you know, if, just to borrow your word there, yeah, like if I, as a storyteller, someone like who puts story together, mm-hmm. like there is like a mechanistic element to how we live our lives and the things that we choose to do as humans, which um, now that we have uh, the chat bot. Out there, have you guys seen much of the chatbot? Not stuff? much, just a tiny little bit. You tell the chatbot. So, like, mm-hmm. okay, Anderson Cooper did a piece on. It. Everybody's doing a piece on it. Oh no! Which I thought Anderson had a really clever thing that he did, which is like, they tell the chatbot, write a intro for this person for the show, as if Anderson Cooper would say it. Oh wow! And it did. And it watches like oh. Hundreds of hours of video. It pulls in some his. information or transcripts yeah. or something like that somehow, some way. And it writes it, and it's, it's inexact in very particular ways that only Anderson Cooper himself would pick up. It's like a verbal deepfake. Yeah. But it can create story. It can, if you tell it to do something, it can do it. If you tell it to write a Maybe. story about a, a boy and a girl 
and mm -hmm. yeah, give it parameters. Yep. But did we did? And I'm just throwing this out there. Mm -hmm. But is it possible that Anderson Cooper is just a robot? Well, that's always been the theory. Yeah. I mean, it's the most logical. I mean, explanation. Yeah. Um, but this is Anderson Cooper's child. I find offspring of Cooper. <laughs> people, when people, disavow God, I find that there's there's different ways of not believing in God, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. There's different approaches. Uh -huh. There's like yeah, I'm just not convinced, mm -hmm. or there's fuck that guy. <laughs> Uh -huh. Yeah, it's true. Um, which, who, who are you fucking if there is no guy? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Who's this guy think he isn't? <laughs> right. You, you brought up this, this. What is your idea of n not heaven? Oh, yeah. I'm going to say that, yeah. If you don't believe in heaven, what is your vision of the heaven you don't believe in? And where does that come from? Hmm. And so I find when people say I don't believe in God, I like to, where are you coming from with that? Like who don't, or what don't you believe in? And it feels like the more uh, strictly against it or staunch, staunchly against God you are, the more I'm, I call bullshit on it. I Interesting. think oh, I think you I think yeah. you actually deeply believe in God. You're just really upset about your idea of God, which is based upon other people's ideas of God, which you're probably just then upset about the people around you, which you know that we can't argue. That's legit. You're allowed to be hmm. upset about that stuff, but the more staunchly against it, I'm always like, eh, are you? Because then <laughs> people will say things like, <laughs> like, <a> great <laughs> are you? <laughs> but like, you don't know, try to convince me. I'm not. <laughs> but then people say things that would require some sort of God mechanism for mm -hmm. what you just said to be to hold any weight or value, like such as, like, <coughs> every time I think about you, you call me. It's so weird. And by the way, I don't believe in God or any possibility that there's anything <laughs> mystical out there at all. But it's really weird that every time I think about you, you huh. call me. It's just weird. Yeah. That's all. It means nothing beyond that. It's weird. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wonder uh, that too, especially if um, we know maybe one particular individual that. that Almost seems to delight in telling people right. they they don't believe in God. So I wonder if that's just sort of something self-aggrandizing that they they do to. Mm. And maybe yeah, maybe they actually do do. And, and you know, I don't know if they're, it, and they and in, inside of them they actively are aware they do. Mm. Like I mean, I don't know. You yeah. live your whole life based around this sort of uh, existential premise that uh -huh. Uh -huh. there is something else yeah. except you just say the words that there isn't yeah. oh the isn't is the something 
the non-existence of God becomes the the the, the most important thing. Mm. Right. Like, you know, I just want the Paul Tillich is like God is the ultimate concern. So if your ultimate concern is the non-existence <laughs> of any deity, <laughs> yeah. Tillich would say, yeah, that's to you. That's God. That is that is what God is. Huh. But I feel like we we do this in different levels, different avenues. <laughs> put ourselves 100% towards the thing that we don't like the most like what comes to mind right now is Lindsay in politics ah. I'm like if I could think of anybody that shouldn't be in politics yeah. it's you because uh, you, you just care uh-huh. far too much uh-huh. for your own good she doesn't have the kind of cynicism that it takes she hates it and yet she that's how she's chosen to she's so invested emotionally uh-huh. yeah. in her life yeah, I, see that. I see that throughout nonprofit world, though, and then it, it ultimately leads to a lot of burnout. But it then, and then you see the people that are in it for a long time, and you're like, I don't want, I don't identify with you. I don't want you doing this work. Or like, I mean, what is it? It's like the Hillary Clinton complex, right? Yeah, there you go. Like, I'm a pretty progressive person. I mean, I definitely was like, I don't want the person to be the president. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to vote for you and all that stuff. I'll You're do the thing. You're going to back me into a corner. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be like, fine. I don't have any options here. Yeah. But, um, yeah, because I know the alternative is. I don't know. Huh. Yeah, he wasn't so bad. Yeah. But, yeah, but, like, people like that concern me, though. Like, someone, who, so, someone who's almost, like, psychopathically drawn towards the mm-hmm. thing or driven in, into the, that particular type of work so far, like, they could, everything they do just comes off as disingenuous. Yeah. To everybody, regardless of if you you are believe in the things that they're yeah. saying to you or not. Yeah, are you just, are you just uh, putting me on, kind of? Yeah. Is this just another thing? You're just, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Right. ABC, you're always be, always be closing, right? It's well, the sales maybe. thing. You're always trying to make it work for you. Yeah. Huh. No, but what do you really think? What kind of ice cream do you really like? I don't want to hear how much you like. Oh, you know, it's all yeah, delicious. Don't give me that Neapolitan. Yeah. What do you want, Jack? Get out no, of here. No, I don't know. Tacos and hot dogs, it's all the same to me. It's fine. <laughs> There's a great Bob Dylan song where you're talking about politicians eating chitlins and, and uh, I can't remember else. They're, eating, they're kissing babies and all, all the stuff they do. <laughs> just to <laughs> kiss babies. Just to impress everybody. It's a a strange game. Um, I'm going to go pee. Okay. I'll be back. Um, When I walked out last week, you said something into the mic. Not like directly into the mic. You were just talking to yourself. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I missed it. You just said, are you you listening to the dude story, Donnie? (laughs) (laughs) Of course. I can't go ten minutes without quoting the Big Lebowski. Uh, that's really interesting. Your sister is perturbed. Yeah. I wonder, it feels like, because it kind of feels like when you believe something really deeply, especially like that, and someone else doesn't, it feels like a rejection of yourself. And for you, you're just like, no, I just, this one thing about, that you think is really valuable, I just don't. And that's okay. Yeah, I think what, what maybe throws her off too is that, I mean, I know scripture pretty okay. So yeah, you, you're pretty so, good at quoting. So, could, <laughs> so is the devil, <laughs> right? Yeah, 
So the devil quotes the scripture too. So yeah, so <laughs> maybe that's, that. that's some some worrisome uh, fact for her. I don't know. That's a funny connection too. Yeah, because you should people should know. I think it's fun and important to know parts of the Bible. Well, I mean, without any kind of connection, I mean, deeper, you know, like it gives you something to cogitate on sometimes. I mean, it makes a great story. Oh, it's fucking great! I mean, it's a long ass story too. It's a really long story. It's filled with contradictions and hypocrisies, and and what oh, and that's what's so great about it. Misinterpretations. Yeah. And there's some like, like I need to like maybe compile these. Like there's some like cold one-liners out of the Bible all the time. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know that you're like, whoa, wait, wait, wait hold on now. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I know you told. I got to think of something. Yeah, there's like Book of Matthew. I, I think has like one of my faves, which is like by by my word or by my sword. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yes, yeah. There's like stuff like that. You're like, oh, oh come on. Yeah. Yeah. I was I, I think it was a video, maybe it was an article I was reading about the evolution of uh, Hebrew as a language uh-huh. and how long it took for it to become codified. They're like mm. this uh, the first letter is Aleph and they're like people would write Aleph in the same piece of, you know, text which is not usually anything it's just like notes about things. They would make an Aleph three different ways. Like it looks like it looks kind of like an A, so it'd be pointing different directions, and they're like clearly like we can read this word, and they meant this letter, but it does, it didn't matter what it looked like. And it was probably pretty late when it got codified, and then they started using it to write down these stories that they heard from other people, mm-hmm. and also had it for themselves. And some people were like, "We got to get control of this mess. We're going to tell a story that makes it look like we've always been in control." Like it's a great it's a great book. Yeah. Man, I follow this uh, Mormon, this Mormon uh, biblical scholar who seems like he focuses mostly on Old Testament stuff and Hebrew stuff, but he's like he's pretty adept in Latin and Greek and things like that. But he's always like the the what modern people have to do is renegotiate all of the text. You can't just you can't have the whole thing. You have to pick and choose because it contradict it contradicts itself. Right. And if you want it to be useful in your life today, you have to work with it you have to tell it what you want because it's not just going to tell you what well to do. what's the flip of that like people are already doing that in yep in, in christophrat fashion yes exactly well and he'll say like you're doing this thing you're renegotiating the text yeah. toward what you want he's you know super progressive you know kind of i don't know why how he's still mormon i don't know why he's been kicked out hmm. um you know but he'll because he knows what he's talking about he'll go well the text isn't saying that, and even if it were, you know, don't worry about it. So I was just, uh... That's interesting, I'll have to catch up with you. I was just doing my business there. <laughs> I was, By the way, how's business? I was thinking, it was good. Uh, I was thinking that I'm going to call you out here. Um, is this me? Last week. Uh-oh. What? No, I'm just. Like, you no, said I'm going to call you out. I was like, uh oh. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no, these are fine. Uh, last quote, Aerosmith. These are F I N E fine. So, how does somebody who declares to their <laughs> sister, "I don't believe in God," she uh, asked first? Okay. Does that change the question? No. Also, how can these two truths be silent? Oh, it's a game show. 
Which of these two truths? <laughs> two I truths. I don't believe in God, and my manuscript came through me. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a good. Uh, and did you tell important. your sister that, or did you just leave her in tears? <laughs> he's, he's like so good talk. I just left Bye. her click. I just left her in wondering, like, why, why would I spend so much time going to two church s- sermons well, in one day? That is, a, I mean, it's not. I know you, so it's not even. I, I understand it, but it's kind of a. I could see why she might be a little thrown by that. <laughs> so I went to church, and then I went to church again. What? Yeah, it was fine. I loved one. Do you believe service. in God? No. <laughs> no, they convinced me not to. Not after that I nonsense. Need, I needed. I needed two data sets, and I got them on the same night. And they both proved the same thing. December twenty fourth. <laughs> 2022. This is a load of shit. <laughs> Goodbye, I gotta go. She's like, wait, wait, I gotta call you back now. <laughs> Sir, I do not believe a word. I would you love say. that, would be great. Nuh-uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I try not to say anything other than like justice things. I try not to say anything that's um I was trying to say anything that is hard and fast. This is the way it is. If you say God is like this, how do you know that? If you say this is what I think God is like, or this is how I experience yeah. God, but not like this is how I experience yeah. God. And God is in the experiences. Kind of if you think of it that way, that's cool. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I'm tapped in more than others. Sometimes I feel like I'm completely tapped out. Yeah, <laughs> or untapped. Untapped. No, or tapped. Yeah, I'm tapped. But out. actually, it, funny enough, if I feel like physically, emotionally, I'm tapped out, I'm also untapped. Interesting. <laughs> like there's the uh, the footprints. Mm-hmm. You know, at your worst moment, mm-hmm. God is with you. I'm like, I'm not so no. sure about that. <laughs> there's another poem called Butt Prints. The guy looks back and sees these scooped out places and he's like, what was that? And, and the Lord says, well, that's where I dropped down your ass because you were annoying me. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I feel like that. Um, but so can you reconcile those two? Those two things? Like, I mean, the only thing I, w- I would even approach to describe that is... It's uh, a good noise. Is... Um, uh, my belief in creativity is stronger than my belief in faith. So this, tap, uh, I think for me, the creativity that comes through this feeling of enthusiasm or you know, spark of an idea that um, motivates you, um, that for me is the experience of of God, and for me as an artist, uh, creativity all day long is that when I'm tapped into it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just in that flow. Yeah. Um, you, as I've seen with your book, are are uh, in this like otherworldly field of effortlessness with it, even though the actual writing. Is yeah. not effortless. Yeah, we were talking about how, like I was saying, <laughs> how strange it is. Like you write this thing, you put it out in the world, and then sometimes it doesn't even feel like I wrote it in the first place because uh-huh. 
Yeah, and just like look back and I'm like, how, when did that come to me? How did I come? You know, like it, it's it's somewhat mysterious in 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 the, its creation. Um, yeah. So, what I've done here is written a story, and I've separated it out into uh, they're not chapters, segments, um, and then put different backing music to it. Okay. To make it palatable, okay. and uh, I think it's about hope, faith, manifesting, um, all of the things that we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, this conversation is perfect. And as we're listening to it, and after we've recorded, we need to just listen and then talk. Okay. And yeah. We, we gotcha. can we can talk, and I can pull it all yep. all out. Like it doesn't matter, but um, but you don't want us to talk over it. You you can because I can just but to actually like start having a conversation okay. didn't sound right. Analyze it after we hear a, ch- a section and after a chunk. If gotcha. there's something after a chunk post or post chunk post chunk. Okay. Let's do the post chunk analysis and. Um, <laughs> And then just if you have any... Welcome back. If it's not an analysis, just like, wait, I'm confused about something, what happened here, or <clears throat> whatever, you know, and editing is a beautiful thing, so... Uh, have you heard this before? No. He hasn't. It's it's pretty good. It's, I mean, <coughs> just between you and me. I mean, it's... <laughs> he inserted uh, red, uh-huh. and then he actually heard okay. just one... One chunk. One chunk. Okay. <laughs> One in back of the church. Um, but now I'm going to call you out. <laughs> Not really. But you had said, One day I'll tell you about the story uh, that happened at Vinatalk. I don't know what story it is, though. Shoot. It was something um, in the vein of um, maybe some coincidences or synchronicities or something that was. Oh my gosh! I have no idea what I was talking about. No, uh, the rock. The, you're, oh, you're, the rock story is pretty good. Oh, that I, might be it. I, I think it's I don't know. That's probably it. It's, that's All a right. really good one. Yeah, I mean, it, it is because it's it. Um, it doesn't. Yeah, because it means whatever it ends up meaning. So, what I don't know what it was five or six years ago. I, I won the Green Spirit one. I was awarded the Green Spirit Award okay. at Vinatalk. And so part of that is, you know, like Arvin had got it this this year. Right. So part of that is, or it was at that point, um, we w- you would go to Marcy's house, Marcy Tellender's house, and pull these runes out of a bag and look at them, and she'd interpret it for you. And, you know, and then you walk the labyrinth. And I was like, ah, you know, this is fine. I mean, I'm not... I don't expect anything to happen. Right. Tarot cards, runes, all that stuff. Right. I just look at it and I go, that's pretty cool. I love seeing patterns and everything. And right. I, can be, uh, I can connect to anything. Mm-hmm. If somebody goes, oh, Scorpios do this. I go, of course. Yeah. Uh, You're of the monkey people do this. I'm like, of course, <laughs> that's totally me. Right? So I pull a rune out and it's a Barrett, which is like a, shaped like a bee. It's either a B, uh, or it means kind of birch, but it also, if you lay it on the side, it looks like mountains. The, the letter B. The letter B. Yeah, it's okay. more angular, though. And um, she said, yeah, and it can also mean birth and rebirth. And I was like, oh, yeah, rebirth has kind of been a constant theme in my life. 
since I was young. And uh, my daughter Leah was pregnant then. So she was about to have a baby. So I was like, oh, look at all these pieces that come together. How nice. I walk around the labyrinth. But I'm still thinking, this is kind of bullshit. So the next day, I'm in Gunnison. And I was working at this house that had had this massive pine tree cut down. Right. So the only thing left is the stump. I mean, super low to the ground. And then all of this needle litter, you know, 12, 15 feet out in this huge diameter. So I'm walking through the yard and I kick something. And I was like, huh, what's that? And I looked down and there is this, I, I am not shitting you. There is this little, little doney, you know, like this is like, this is old, old people in Gunnison call them these river cobbles, oh, right, of course. you know, like the size of a grapefruit. And on it, someone had written that rune. And I go, what the, whatever, <laughs> bullshit. So I lean down and pick it up. I turn it over and it's on the other side. No so then this is at a, po- a point when I was like, I, I, it wasn't just like my understanding of God was shifting around. I was like, I don't believe in any of that. So, so I'm standing in this yard looking up at the sky and going, what the fuck? This is bullshit. Right. So I put it in my, in my car and I still have it. I still have it. Yeah. Huh. And I don't know what to do with that. I don't have any, like, there's no, there's no moral to the story. It's just a story. It just is what it is. Yeah. Right. You can take from it whatever you will. Yeah. Uh, Some people that tell that story, they're like, so? Like super religious people and super non-religious people have the same response. So, so in the sense of doesn't matter, or yeah. the the you didn't is, yeah. is it the you didn't make a, a circuitous connection to say oh and then that day right I really believed yeah. then this I stuff. yeah oh my gosh everything yeah I just yeah. go here's the story yeah. yeah so then the atheists go that's a stupid story <laughs> and like the. <laughs> Really, really uh, Christian-y people are like, that's a stupid story. Huh. And other people think that's what they—that's what most people go, huh. huh. Yeah. And I think maybe you get nervous that I'm going to draw some huge meaning out of it, but I think meaning, you make meaning as you go. You make meaning yeah. as you go. Yeah. So I think a lot of my life has been based around... Um, <coughs> Coincidence or synchronicity, mm-hmm. and coincidence has been the word has been misconstrued to mean nothing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's just a coincidence. But yeah. the actual definition of the word coincidence is uh, mathematical, and it means t- to coincide, right? But people say now it's just a coincidence. I know. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> it is a coincidence. These things did coincide. No, no, no. no. It's just a coincidence. Yeah. What does that mean? It, so, but, you know, clearly what they're saying is that it means nothing when I think that it means everything. And Young, I don't have the quote, but Young was very much into these coincidences and so that the universe was... Uh, when you start seeing those come into your life, the universe is speaking to you. What mm-hmm. it's saying... I, I, that's the great mystery, right? And I and I think to put too much stock in that it is um, can maybe make you a little crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, if you yeah. like, but to just say, "Oh, that was cool." Well, and you can yeah. find meaning in this in those little coincidences, right? But if you assign one specific meaning and insist that all other meanings are meaningless, mm-hmm. that's I mean, like, if you're, for writers, if you do that, like, when we read your novel and we go, this is what it's about, 
and you go, well, okay, I can see that. But I was thinking this, and we go, no, that is not what your story yeah. is about. Uh-huh. That's not fair. Right. It's you don't office. pigeonhole yourself. Yeah. You yeah. let the meanings kind of come, like, evolve out of things. Yeah. Um, so this story, I think I'd preface it because this story is much about how when I'm out of this line of consciousness, I'm... I'm lost. I'm stuck. Mm. I don't know what to do in my, with my with myself, right? So I just have to kind of uh, toil through the slag and just claw until something is like, oh, there's something. Okay, now there's something else. Now there's something else. I think I'm back to something rather than <laughs> nothing, mm. which is what it, you know, it, it just what it feels like. And you can make the the most out of nothing as well. But when it feels, I think, internally, like, I'm just, something's off here. Like, way off, you know? Like, um, a lot of this is me at the the beach. A lot of people Mm. will be like, aw, (laughs) you were at the beach? (laughs) How sad for you. (laughs) Did you do some surfing, too? (laughs) but to me, I just felt like I had veered way off and I couldn't figure out how to get back on. And the story is um, me finding that that road and uh, you'll hear it. Um, so, yeah. Do you guys want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Marvin. I, 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 I saw that coming. Yeah. Uh, what else? What other uh, notes would you like in an introduction? Um, that's good enough for me. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm yeah. Ian. Okay. I'm Arvin's friend and Dave's friend. <laughs> I'm neither their friend. <laughs> he just is here. I, I'm not even here. I heard there was lamb curry. <laughs> I came for lamb curry. <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I just called in. Um, okay. So we can stop here or just keep going. There's going to be this... Well, when you were talking about your truck, my thought was, okay, we get it, you're rich. (laughs) (laughs) This has a feel of a... It sounds so silly to even say it like this, but like an old podcast. Like The first podcasts I heard were stories like this. A lot of times journalists telling stories. Um... Um, I was just telling Arvin I got the uh, full collection of On the Road with Charles Carralda. Okay, there you go. That's another example. Yeah. Yeah. Which I felt they're 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 definitely dated. Yep. But there was a kinship between. Well, while I was watching them, I was like, uh, I feel you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I. I uh... I, I know it just gives you a feeling, and I, well done, Dave. That's really, that's really cool. I was not expecting it to be that uh, beautiful and arresting in the way that it was. Well, there's 40 more minutes of it. There's so. 40 more. Yeah. No, it, I mean it's great hearing your voice. And, it's um, there's 11 chunks. Chunks. That, and that was one. Okay. Yeah. Um, Ian used a great word last week. Uh, foreboding. Foreboding. Which um, 
Well, when you say lost relationships and things mm-hmm. like that, yeah, yeah, that's very far apart. I mean, it's 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 deep stuff. But as I was telling you, loneliest yeah. highway. I mean, these are yeah, yeah, yeah of course, very um, indicative. But there's a there's a lot of this in the world, and touching on it is um, good. It's good for me as a writer mm. to get it out there. It's mm-hmm. good to share. It, but um, yeah. the more vulnerable I can be, the more vulnerable allows other people to be. But I say all of this because although it's foreboding and stays that way a little bit, it doesn't continue that, that mm-hmm. way. It's not just foreboding. Um, it's funny you say that because I was speaking with a writer whose book is coming out very, very soon and talking about how creating vulnerability mm-hmm. in yourself comes through in your work. And so mm-hmm. you're, on, you're on the right track. You gotta, for sure. you gotta, if you want other people to take the dive, yeah. you gotta be willing to do it. Oh, yeah. Do it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't expect from others what you're not willing to do yourself. That's right. Yeah. Um, it's, is it may I don't know is it maybe not easier but it's more seems like a more obvious venue when you're telling your own story but you're writing a story with you're writing a novel with characters who do things that mm-hmm. you maybe wouldn't do maybe you know all characters represent some aspect of you and I don't think that's the, yeah, I I don't I don't buy into that theory but how do you create vulnerability when you are telling you're making a story. You're creating a story rather than just creating it. The raw materials you have are not the raw materials Dave has when he's telling his own mm. story. How do you how do you work that in? Right. Uh, everybody does their own thing, I would say. Some people do mind themselves and pull those things out. Um, and then other writers, you know, I think um, are just more... Uh, not more but they have a different kind of like intuitiveness that they can pick things up from you know just a conversation or just turn a phrase from mm. something they've heard uh, in a in public or in a movie or something like that mm. and um, something something else comes through something else comes through and I know with your writing um, just being in the venue of the fringes of being a successful writer is putting you in places that you normally wouldn't be in front of audiences mm, speaking right. yeah. across the country yeah. having to just share that I wrote something <laughs> yeah I've been doing a lot of that so and you know it, which the vulnerability is mm. people could not like it and there's a there's a risk Right, and that's um, that's very vulnerable too. Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest leap you could make is like understanding that people will definitely not like this thing, but there's also people that would. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, definitely leaning towards the people that do like what you're doing, and then trying to harness the people that what they, what exactly is it that people mm. don't like about what you're doing? Yeah, <laughs> I don't <laughs> like it. Why? I don't know. But on the other other hand... um, I don't like the Avengers. (sighs) You either like the Avengers or you're wrong, (laughs) Arvin. See? It's a whole different podcast. No, but you can let go. Exactly. But you can sort of, in some ways, if you have that attitude, you can let go of your own need, right, for approval, realizing there are people who love this, and there are people who don't get down with it, and, and it's not... 
you know, you can appreciate the fact that some people see what you're doing and other when other people don't, I don't know, it doesn't seem like you have to convince them. You just put it out there. Yeah. 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 great good bad and different no yeah. keep going Hi. is my my question yeah no, no. I'm, I'm not looking for an analysis it just okay um well it's a cliffhanger tom it's a clip you gotta get into tom from dom oh dom tom no tom yeah, dom. yeah, yeah. Tom, tom. tom yeah i was gonna say i know i've heard the story i thought it was tom okay okay yeah um i just want to just i just want to warn you this story goes places it feels very straightforward. Primal Scream, blah, blah, blah. This is going to take so many turns, which is I really like. I mean, it's true to life, but it's just cool to add all these elements that then come together. Like, you, you do a great job of braiding it all together. So I feel like, That's all I want to say. I feel like, and I say this in the story, I feel like it's all of these tidbits of chaos. Like just like yeah, oh, I love that. And how all of a sudden they just get reined in. It's like oh, somebody said to me once, when you're hiking to the top of a mountain, you don't see the top of the mountain. You just see the trail. You're in the thicket. You're in the woods. You don't know. You know, you just have to trust the trail. I'm I'm going. When you get to the top, you can look back and see the entirety of the trail. And you know, usually not. Yeah, at all. But it, um, in that in that vision, when you get to the top, it's only when you can look back and go, "Oh, that's why I had to come that way." I get it because there was a cliff there. I wanted it. it seemed like that way would be so much easier. Why couldn't I just do that? Oh, there's a lake. There's a cliff. Mm. Like somebody knew better. It seems like chaos, but maybe. Um, it's not. That's what Soren Kierkegaard said. Life has to be lived forward, but you can only understand it by looking back. back. Mm-hmm. Hit it. Like, I'm thinking of four different people that are Toms who will call you and be like, oh, you wanted to talk about Primal Scream. Hey, have you ever ridden in a crazy-ass boat? Yeah. you gotta love it. <laughs> Anything? This is a town full of toms here. Yeah, a uh, valley full of toms. I've known Tom before. Yeah, for sure. I may have been Tom before <laughs> at points in my life. Yes, yeah. amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's find out what I did. Yeah, I hooked. <laughs> That's a good thing. That's so cool. It's like, what do you even say? I can tell you both. Like, I don't it's just really beautiful. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's really wonderful to listen to. And very pleasant, and mm-hmm. you know, like I, I'm pretty locked in 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 my creative life into like all kinds of um, structural things about like tension and story and mm. and um, 
I think it's safe to say you're a shoe. A shoe? A shoe. You use you navigate around all of that and still create story that's interesting and mm. and compelling. And um, and you're you know, rejoining parts that you've already established and you're still locked into this this character and um, yeah, this is just wonderful. I think and I think it's only something probably accomplished in how you've presented it as well. Same. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, this conversation too is, I think, an intricate part of making it all make sense. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I, the way you, um, your descriptions are what's the word? I don't want to say sparse, but they're enough that we're in the woods in Arcadia. We're on the beach. We're at, I mean, even at swing class. Uh, but then your the way you describe his house. And his character, when you finally get to say, "Oh, and he looked like Doc Brown," you yeah. go, "Of course he did." Like, yeah, that's who I had in my head. Right. I yeah. just it was kind of hazy. Mm-hmm. And when you said that, it's like, okay, yep. So you built that before yeah. you even told us that. Yeah. Okay. Huh. I mean, just in terms of like technique, I like that. But I can tell you're you're in. The- it's like somebody who's like, I, 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 might, I might be getting swindled right now. No. <laughs> but I'm not sure. I'm, 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 I'm in the right. What are you I'm selling? Gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I, got, I got something under one of these cups. I'm gonna shift yeah. it around. <laughs> well, it does feel so weighted. It feels like something's coming and there could be this radical departure. That's kind of how it feels. Mm. Yeah. Because you've got all these elements at play. Yeah. Depression and swing dancing and carpentry, the boat thing and screaming and yeah. Mm. I'm gonna do one thing. Come right back. Yeah, go for it. <sighs> yeah, it's these are these are nice. These are these are pretty comfy. I think. Good, good, good. Um, yeah, cool. I'm glad. I think it'll be a really cool final product. Yeah, it really does remind me of some of the first podcasts I listened to that weren't like, 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 uh, not news, but like history presentation or whatever. Like, mm. you know, listen to a podcast about a guy who was a war correspondent in, I think, Afghanistan or Iraq and a friend of his, and then he was back in. Maybe Boulder or somewhere like that, you know. So it's like moving around, but telling this whole story and about right. he's getting divorced at the same time, I and mean, he's got to, like mm-hmm. it's it's very similar to that, this sort of life story. And I think having the consistency of us mm-hmm. listening to it for the ultimate end user is good for the end user. It's unique. It's a, I've it's, never heard it's of grounding. it Yeah. As you're going on this crazy mm-hmm. journey here, which is like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Am I being swindled right now? <laughs> it's like if you're at the, at the moth and people get to stop and go, wait a minute. <coughs> mm-hmm. I think, yeah, you're, I think you're fucking with us. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, us being here. And I like because... One of us is probably going to say, 
something that the listener wants to do. Mm-hmm. And when they feel validated in that, okay, I can go yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can you go can, on. Yeah, an audience, kind of an audience. You know, like, uh, like listening to Trump speak, being like, I can't listen to this fucker one more minute, and then they hear somebody go, I can't listen to this fucker one more minute, and you go, okay, I can listen to him one more minute. Now. <laughs> and then you hear somebody like me go, let's hear some more of that. <laughs> This has been insane. I love it. Uh, He's making this up. Uh, <laughs> Just like musical. Oh, those Chris Jones, those touchstones are so great. Mm. Just like continuously, like Bring, brings you back. Yep, grounding. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, very grounding. Mm. Yeah, they're not an easy thing to do in story, actually. Mm. I think um, so. That takes some real ability there. Yeah, you know it's weird too. Is I was I was sitting here thinking. How are you living? How are you paying your bills? And so you have this little story that fits organically in mm. that answers that question. Mm. Takes that little little you know little gnat out of my mind, mm. zzz, and then it's gone. So now I can focus more on mm. what's happening next. Yeah. And there's lots. There's lots of little details. But I'm not writing a book. I'm not writing mm-hmm. even a short story. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm writing a vignette. Mm-hmm. Right? right. Yeah, I mean, you can't tell us everything you did in those two months either. But it car- it, it just carries us along. It makes the story... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like I said, it just answers one question mm-hmm. that I had. Um, like the beach what did it look like mm-hmm. were there people there I don't mention those things because they didn't feel germane to the story mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I get into one I have to get into all of them which turns a seven page story and mm-hmm. a 35 page story and yep. yeah you don't need to go down those rabbit trails and you don't really even need to say that you were working but this I mean it's part of the story so it it fits in really cleanly. It fits in cleanly. Yeah. But. Yeah, I appreciate that brevity. That's so cool. <laughs> that is so cool. I mean, it's like, well, I mean, just like the journey, like where the primal screen, you put in paper, and then I hear here I don't even know if this is the end or not but I was like wow that would have made a great ending yeah to this whole shebang of this the name of the team and the people the pe- all these people screaming yeah so this, everyone's ex- uh, experiencing this like collective feeling together which is what you were looking for in the first place and that moment of hope I believe so yeah. and the way you it's pulled quite- it together with the little story about Morgan yeah like that's a kind of collective noise that you make together mm-hmm. and the people screaming yeah the team screaming crowd screaming 
Morgan and you and Heather having this like ah, ah, it's really beautiful really beautiful that was it was when she used to do that she would the joke so the joke was um, hey Dave knock knock who's there Morgan interrupting Dave Interrupting, blah 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she, she knew you. And then we, yeah, exactly. And then we would all just like, cause she was, she was five. Oh you know, she, tiny. Uh, and we would just all start laughing so hard, oh like gosh. literally crying. Just it, it got in there just the right awesome. at the right moment, and just as we were all coming down. <sighs> okay. This never gets old. <laughs> and we just be like, oh. right back into it, and yeah, yeah just kids, kids. That that was a very, very uh, touching moment in my life. Well, that's, that's yeah. I don't know what else you got coming for us, but it's yeah, good. yeah. Oh, good. I'm gonna um. The um. The title that they have for this, these music. It's are really <coughs> excuse me um, I want the job of the uh, person who has to come up funny. with the titles yeah. the one you just heard was uh, March Income Drop Field <laughs> March Income Drop Field <laughs> I'm like I like that I actually like the way I, when it I feel like it ends kind of abruptly I want it to kind of keep carrying me because it, it's like it's carrying this mood Oh. And I'm not ready for it to be over yet. With that music? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That, um, and the next one, I believe, is called The Gathering Stasis. Um, oh, what are the names? They're, they're interesting, but I also feel like they were fairly apt in the way they... The music that I chose, I didn't choose it because of the name, but the name also could have been loosely a title for the chunk. Interesting, yeah. Like, it kind of felt like a march and gumdrop field. I don't know what that means. Yeah, but well, if it was a paint color, what would, what would it look like? Uh, or a flavor. If it was a flavor, what would it be? Oh, God. Rocky Road. <laughs> <laughs> no, if it was an actual flavor, see, I'm going back to titles. I'm a word yeah. person. Uh, if it was a flavor, I don't know. It'd be kind of bitter. Like, um, yeah, I, uh, some sort of lemon zest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so this is, uh, I believe, gathering stasis. They could all just be called Death is on your door. (laughs) (coughs) It comes as unexpectedly to the story as it probably did to you.
is definitely what I was looking for. It's definitely what I didn't know I was looking for. Because hmm. I'd never experienced that before. absolutely carrying this whatever it was with me and it was um, it's like walking around with 20 pound weights hmm. on, on both ankles all of the time and just being used to it not realizing you had weights on you although I, you know, I, I definitely had an awareness something was going on I just didn't realize it was as heavy as it actually was until it came out, which um, was it was as intense as it sounded in training, but also needed. I was telling Ian last week. My friend Ross heard this story years ago and. It reminded me him of um, a part of his childhood where his father would take him out into the field that lived in upstate New York. And they would just go for a long walk to the middle of nowhere. And then his dad would say, okay, now scream. And they would both just stand there ah, as loud as they could for five minutes. And then he'd say, you feel better? I do. <laughs> I do, Dad. That's that's awesome. But it brought back a really good memory. And then Ian said, "There's the the difference. There is that uh, this was intentional, mm-hmm. um, or preemptive." Yeah, I was gonna say it's preemptive. Yeah, you're preparing. You're you're bleeding it off before it breaks out. Mm-hmm. Which is definitely. Uh, something I needed to learn to do not let myself get to Mm. to this point you know Uh, do you feel like this was like months years decades in the in the making you know like I had uh, touched on earlier it's you know thinking back possibly a lifetime of stuff came came out um I mean, a lot of stuff with my dad came up, and, you know, my dad left home when I was 16, so that was 20, 25 years earlier. Um, Just lots of stuff. I think I sort of just marched through life, piling it on, you know, shedding off things where I I could. Hmm. But I think, for me, when I found myself in a similar place in my life that I didn't want to be for the umpteenth time. That in and of itself was um, adding to the grief. It wasn't just, it was like no matter how many times I shed this, I'm right back in this place which in and of itself was challenging to navigate 
and added a whole other layer of of sadness, sort of um, maybe no matter what I do, I'm just going to end up back here. Mm. My my uh, my best self heeds these results. <clears throat> then what's the point? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right, which can be a slippery slope to uh, despair, mm. which is, um, in my definition, hopelessness. Mm-hmm. When all hope is gone, it's replaced by despair. And then choices need to be made at that point, and it can be uh, hard. And, um, you know, you guys know me t- taking <laughs> the other way is not in my. It's not in my wheelhouse, so I need to figure something out and then figure out how never to be back in this place again. Hmm. That's the trick, right? That's the trick. And that's been the, been the trick. Um, and I think um, I've seen hints of it or touched on it. Like, oh, this is familiar. Mm. I'm going down this road again. I'm not sure what the other road is, where it is, what it looks like. I just know, don't do that again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you don't want to end up there again. So let's figure something else out. Um, and that's, yeah, that's been, uh, I think, a, a real challenge is essentially redefining everything you've been taught in life how to do by the people who are, you know, are supposed to be there for your best interest and end up maybe not so much. Hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, so... Mm-hmm. Um, and then how to keep those people in your life while you are going a different different way or if you should keep those people in your life while you decide to to go a different way a lot of that can be um, extremely challenging to navigate Um, so I think my first go to after experiencing that was uh, start writing Hmm. just start writing and I actually began writing this almost seven years ago now Mm. and it's just finally coming to Mm. whatever it's coming to (laughs) Um, but when I first wrote it it was not this it was it it was catharsis with with a pen and paper you know it's like just get it out of me get all of this stuff out of me just you know because doing what I did here is one part of it but keep that flow going because mm-hmm. <laughs> that energy will get stagnant really quickly so figure out ways to keep it flowing um, yeah, which is why I do things like go in the river <laughs> I was I was thinking there's definitely a connection yeah. between screaming by a river mm-hmm. in 90 degree heat mm-hmm. and climbing into a 31 degree water or whatever it is. Have you done it? No. 
Are you ever going to? Yeah, I think I'm going to do it. I'm thinking point. about doing it too. I, I keep saying I'll do it in July. Um, <laughs> we should do that. Matt and Frank went today. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. We got to do it one of these days. We should do it in July. Yeah, how did they fare? Frank's done it before, so Frank got Matt to come, and um, he was great. He stayed in for a minute, and he said um, that was a uh, energy positive experience. I think I would do that again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and when I watched them, I'm like, "You guys are fucking crazy." <laughs> <laughs> Who does, who does this? <laughs> Some things are easier to do than to see. Oh my god. <laughs> Just yeah. watching Matt, like, watch, watching that cold hit his body. Yeah. It's, because uh, I don't really feel this. It, it, it very, a lot of it is getting your mind past what I'm about to do. Mm-hmm. That being said, that water initially, it shocks you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The literal de- definition of shocking. I mean, uh-huh. it, it shocks people, and you can see this sort of panic come across them. And then, about 15, 20 seconds in, the breath regulates. Like, okay. And then the body sinks into it. All right. And then you start to feel like this is fucking cold. <laughs> <laughs> But it's no longer shocking. You're like, okay, I'm not in. But it's 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 a good thirty seconds of sheer terror. Yeah. And then, huh? It's not so bad. And then people get out. And they're like, huh? This is kind of amazing. And either it either speaks to you or it doesn't. You come <laughs> back, or it was just that one experience. Yeah. Um, for me, I tend to. Uh, I have a great ability to just hold everything all of the time just keep piling it in piling it in and getting in that river just sheds it huh. every everything every time so doing things like that and staying on top of it um is really important and I think I'm still shedding a lifetime of of stuff you know uh yeah but we're getting there this isn't a promoting get in the river <laughs> but tune in next week to our <coughs> get in the river podcast I, was, I wasn't thinking about it okay. it's mostly people shrieking <laughs> sound of like crunching snow and then shrieks yeah. uh, um, what's wrong with me oh there was him yeah. <laughs> uh, two more chunks those elements and kind of bring them back around a little bit that's just really wonderful thanks for sharing that Mm -hmm. that's great so I wonder what do you guys get if anything from it and does it tap in or apply to 
your lives in any way. Hmm. Things you've experienced or um, the way in which I experienced this through um, synchronicity, coincidence, perceived chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it sort of feels like a deck of cards thrown up into the air. Yet they all come back down in deck form. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Somehow, where mm-hmm. you think, like, yeah, no, I'm out on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yet they all flutter back together. Yeah, I mean, it resonates, certainly. You know, just because I, I enjoy tale telling and, and hearing, you know, other people's journeys and, th- and things like that. So, um, does it resonate with me personally and anything I've gone through? I don't, I don't know. I think so. Um, uh, I don't know. It's just a, such a expressive, outward. Emotional, hmm. you know, flood that opens up in this. Hmm. That uh, I don't, I don't think that's something that I, I personally have an experience with. Hmm. <clears throat> I think, yeah, my my mechanics of that happen differently, personally. It's like uh, <laughs> my favorite chiropractor is Mimi. Because she she does the thing that just crushes the uh-huh. the bones out of you, yep. and uh, Aaron has the same results two days later, mm. but he does it in such a different way. It's like just so cautious and mm. smooth and slow, and, and you're like, well, you're supposed to be throwing me around, and it's it's just not the same mm. experience, but it has the same impact, right? I don't know if that's a yeah it's kind of it sounds like what you're saying maybe yeah the the emotional resonance happens uh, less immediately it's more yeah Yeah, I love instantaneous cathartic experiences I don't know that I that though that that's my ex, my my personal experience though. That's an interesting question. Um, I think more so my what I intended to convey with this is is less um, my catharsis, but the results mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, how whatever it took for me to let go of mm-hmm. a thing. And at whatever level I was in which I needed to let go, mm-hmm. the letting go made room for what I was looking for mm-hmm. to happen. But I was, it felt like um, maybe. As clunky as it was, I was led through these uh, channels, these 
chaotic channels to this experience, and whether I led myself or however it happened, I got there. Mm. And I got to a point where, I mean, just in writing the story and then reading it or hearing it over and over, I realized the thing that I was looking for, which was a bunch of people to join me in my pain, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I didn't realize, I didn't see it as that at the time. Um, Once I let go of my pain, all of those people showed up. And it was, in this case, it was literally an hour later. And I had been, you know, I placed that ad four months, but I had been there for going on six months. And an hour after I let this go, all of these people <laughs> show up <laughs> and give me this experience that I was looking for. And I, I think, I'm just wondering, um, does that speak to, to yeah. anything? I feel like you wouldn't have been able to experience that had all the elements been in place except the Riverside part of it. It would have, st- and you'd done all the, you you had already done all the stuff that just left you stuck. You'd done all the crying in the rain and, and those kinds of things. Yeah. That, um, you know, that's the slow thing, maybe, of processing grief. You didn't, it sounds like you'd even thought about it. Like, you you mentally processed it. You you needed that breaking experience. And, and I don't know if this is... I think it's... I, I don't know if it's intentional or not, the way you wrote it. But there is a lot of birth imagery. There's a lot of rebirth imagery in the, in the Riverside story, which I think is really important. I mean, you sound... I think if you wrote that you were like a pregnant woman giving birth, it would be over the top. It's too much. It doesn't work. But your description is of a woman giving birth. And the naked person um, collapsed and then and then waking up again. And that, I mean, like, I, I, I you know, I think that's a rebirth narrative. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why those things are really important. Mm-hmm. It's a death and resurrection story. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I really do think... That's a great way of seeing our lives is this experience of perpetual dying and rising. Um, new things come out. And yeah, you show up back at the you show up at the beach and everyone knows you, but there's a there's a difference in the way you're even communicating with them. Like you're you're there's a lightness to the converse, little bits of dialogue that you have in there that wasn't anywhere else. Yeah, because I was definitely um, proceeding with armor around mm-hmm. me before, which you know is is funny. Like our, our everything leading up to that. My teammate, his name is Rocky. <laughs> the, the 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 vehicle we were in was just a giant chunk of steel. You, you know, it was like it was it, it was like an exercise bike from the eighties. Like, make sure you don't put your <laughs> finger anywhere but on the handlebars, or you're gonna lose your finger. You know, it was um, everything was was hard and tough and mm-hmm. tom. Mm-hmm. You know, 
fuck off. And, you know, reminding me of my dad and all yeah. of these life elements, like, sort of collapsing in on me. Mm-hmm. And the more I attempted to make it better, the worse it, it got. And it's like... Um, I, 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 I hesitate to say too much because I like the end listener to come up with their own thoughts, but a lot of my life, if I choose to see it this way, um, can feel very orchestrated by something outside of myself. Um, and the more I allow it to be, the more I think the more it is. But then looking back, when it feels like um, you know the footprints aren't aren't there, like for that first few months I was there, was tearing my calf muscle, um, all of the things. There's there's, it feels like there's a, a mechanism, like locking in the place. Maybe maybe the the tumblers are. Uh, they're aligning not where I would like them to align mm-hmm. <laughs> they're still aligning so I have to like pull it apart and realign them or reset the, the code <laughs> yeah. um, but the the, the the mechanism that's orchestrating feels like is orchestrating this so much is, is still there um but of course, like going to the mountaintop, you can only, it's only when you look back mm-hmm. that you can, you can see like, oh, even though I was, I was toiling, like, you know, Tom's my dad, mm-hmm. <laughs> Rocky is my inner self, mm-hmm. and all of these characters are right along with me, telling me something that I need to hear to get out of this. And maybe all of that just was whatever was pushing me, whether it be myself or an external unseen force, was pushing me to get to a place where I needed to collapse to my knees Mm. and scream. And it's like, Mm -hmm. we're going to keep pushing you Mm -hmm. until you do something about this. Uh, And you were doing all the shit people tell you to do, right? You take you're going. I mean, you, you sign up for a swing class for God's sake. That's you're supposed to get out there, right? <laughs> right. Don't just wallow in it. You know, you're, you left. You left Colorado. I mean, you went to a new, a, a different location. Um, all the things that seem like they're useful and often for people they can be, right? You join this crazy ass boat team. I'm sorry, sculpture team. Like you did all the stuff. Um, that you're supposed to do. No, it, it, it was a steel boat. It was a steel boat. Yes. But it's not, it's not effective. It's, it, it, no, those things that you're supposed to do don't always have the results. Usually, a lot of times they're just the ways of um, ignoring or masking what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I know I do that a lot. Mm-hmm. I spend a lot of right. time figuring out ways to not have to confront the whatever that emptiness is. Yes. And then... Sometimes you get forced into that, and, and that's seriously. I, I mean, that's why I really like, I really like uh, Christianity. I really like the the evangelicals. They have these conversion experiences. Mm-hmm. You you're supposed to cry. You're supposed to like break down and, and have this um, this 
really cathartic is, is I guess that's not even the right word this experience where you're confronted with all of the things that mm. are in you right. that are so difficult and painful and come out the other side a, a, like a trail walk in never ending story yeah. walking through the yes the very much like that yeah yeah, I mean, most myths and stories are kind of about that, about that, that sort of thing. But facing yourself, yeah. And you had that yeah. experience in, in, in the redwoods. I mean, like in the redwoods. it is such a mythic, yeah, yeah. feel. In the it? wilderness, it, yeah. always going into the wilderness to find yeah. yourself. It, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All Which, of our mythic characters yeah. do that. Oh, wow. You're Obi Wan. You're Jesus. Well, You're like everyone Jesus. heading out into the yeah. To the woods, to the wilderness, to the place where nature is its most mm-hmm. um, visceral and raw. Visceral and raw, it was giant mushrooms, giant wow. trees, yeah. um, fields of ferns, and, and seemingly jungle. Not jungle, uh-huh. but it's, it's, yeah, it's wet forest. and it feels like jungle. And uh, elk. Ewoks. Ewoks Elk on the beach next to the Ewoks. Bigfoot, yeah, you dropped Bigfoot in there. That's just, uh... Right. Yeah, it was definitely... And it's a place that I personally had never been. Huh. So, um... Mythical to me. So that's radically, yeah. Just like Colorado was mythical Mm -hmm. coming from Connecticut. You know, this is like... That's true. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Although... The Lost Coast definitely has a um, not of this world huh. sort of feel to it, or mm-hmm. it can at moments. You know, when it when it takes you thirty seconds to walk by one tree, <laughs> yeah, you're like, huh, or walk <laughs> through one mm-hmm. tree. Um, but here's the other cool thing: without knowing it, you gave all those people something too, because it was three days of them. Screaming! You had no knowledge of that. How would you know that? Mm-hmm. And they all—they experienced it obviously very differently than you did. It was a communal expression, almost of you know the pain of the of the race, but also the pleasure and the joy of it, and the communal experience of, of togetherness mm-hmm. that you couldn't get because you were so bogged down and tied down in all of the rest of the shit that was going on with you. And so you got to get out of the shit. And the other way to get out of the shit is to be dragged through it right I mean it's like when uh, what's his name <laughs> crawls out of the out of the sewer at, at the end of the Shawshank Redemption <laughs> yeah Andy Andy yeah yep or even I mean it's yeah. it, or when uh, when <laughs> what was Morgan Freeman's character Red mm-hmm. when they meet each other on the beach again because mm-hmm. he's standing there thinking yeah, this is where most guys hang themselves. Mm. And you're watching that scene, and you go, he's probably going to hang himself. That seems like the yeah. the next step in this story. Right. And then he walks up on the beach, and he's had this, like, uh, transformative experience, too, of, of getting breaking free from not not prison itself, but the prison of, of the consequences of prison. Mm. So, I mean, it's, it's that's kind of what you were experiencing, too. Mm. Well, the tricksters keep coming through my head. That's what they do. I gotta say, the details are really interesting too, with the 
the carpentry and the mismatched pieces of the mm-hmm. table and, mm-hmm. and uh and then they <laughs> go and look at the um the this monster of a machine thing and they have to put that together mm. and then make it work somehow right it ha- it, ha- it, ha- it has to do has a job to do mm-hmm. um and then you can't see it all the way through mm. with the bail. Oh man, yeah, see it all. Yeah, but I, I, I feel like people's lives, if you look closely, are all this way. Oh, mine, yeah. mine might get a little. I don't know, cause I, cause I let myself go to these emotional lengths. Mm-hmm. They get more chaotic and therefore um, more of, of these uh, what would you call that in the writing word not not foreshadowing but um, you know when when something is representing something else like mm-hmm. like the fragmented wood is repre- yeah. representing the fragments of my mm-hmm. my you know experience mm-hmm. um, I don't know what the word for that is uh, I lost my train of thought there. I think I got fragmented. You got fragmented yourself. I just got fragmented. But people's, I feel like, yeah. right, mine might be a little off the rails mm-hmm. and therefore uh, fun to write about. Mm-hmm. And you can see all of these things, but I, I feel like in people's lives, everything that they need to get where they would like to be is around them. They're just... It's just a matter of of seeing it, and I I also have come to understand that the things that may be I don't know um, you know you want to shake off your leg the most is you know they're they're grabbing onto you and say like, oh my god it's the thing that you really need to pay attention mm-hmm. to the most because mm-hmm. it's it's not in an in an existential sense you may just look at it in the moment as this thing's annoying you. But I feel like, and dare I say it, God is trying to get your attention. <laughs> dare you say it. Uh, Don't you feel like in a story we should... Um, I, and, I, and I like this because it seems like a departure. Like if you're telling a story about some transformative experience, the, the journey metaphor is huge. So we should have seen the trip. We should have seen the three days of struggling and journeying together this is the odyssey we we see yeah. Odysseus take off and then he's like oh my leg hurts I gotta go do some other shit and then the crew lands and Odysseus comes back around and says hey guys here I am he doesn't have the the journey with the crew he has a different journey mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's like it's I, I kinda I kinda like that we missed that that middle section because you had to go do something completely Right. Radically different. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, very Odyssean to see that happen, and uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely see that too. Yeah, and as as, as um, I don't know what people think about what I what I went through or put myself through, but mm-hmm. um, hearing stories of what all of those guys went through in the fifty miles, I mean pretty nightmarish mm-hmm. 
Uh, That's why you do it, it right? Can, for the pain. It can be, it, yeah. I mean, it can be soul sucking because what they're doing is spending. I mean, literally, these guys wake up the next morning and they're like, "Okay, what's our theme going to be for next year?" And they start. They get to work. Maybe they take the weekend off. Yeah, I was just looking at pictures there. It looks pretty wild. Yeah, it's totally wild. But yeah. they get they get to work, and a lot of these people spend the year doing these, mm-hmm. only to find out, you know. 20 feet into the water segment that turns turns out paper mache doesn't (laughs) we're done here you know um wow and it can it can be very um are there rules around it as far as like what these things weigh what they do are there like safety measures are there no oh no there's so there is somebody who checks on all of this stuff just making sure that they're not um, you know, there's no motors. Wow. <laughs> that that you know that that I, and I and maybe there are weight limits, but I mean, looking at the machines, I can't imagine there are. And ours was steel, um, and there's a picture of ours online too with Tom. <clears throat> um, but it's they you know there's grown men on the side of the road crying. Or just kicking their thing, or just you know, I want to give up on life right now. This mm-hmm. just, and when you're going down the one, the cars aren't slowing down. Oh, you're on, you're actually literally on. You're on the one, and people are going by, like going right by you, not moving over at all. Maybe doesn't even sit, don't even see you because they're on their cell phones or they're honking their their horns, not. Not like two two, but mm-hmm. like get the out of my way. Wow! And uh, it's a real. And then you're going through sand. Uh, Hans, who was the guy who told me all about this, did the, did the whole thing on rollerblades because he was he was like, it's kinetic. I can do that, right? Wow! And I'll just swim mm-hmm. and I'll walk on the sand, but I'm gonna do the twenty miles on the one on rollerblades. And that was okay. That's that's all well within the because it was yeah it was kinetic, right? Yeah, um, it meets the minimum requirements. But yeah. he was kind of like, say something about it. What am I breaking here? Yeah, but you couldn't okay. just get on a bicycle, or could you? <sighs> Except you're not going to swim with a bicycle. Oh, you got it. The whole everything has to finish with you. Yes. Okay. So he swam. You know, he actually swam the, the segment. Carried his... Yeah, so, you know, it's... Uh, people get creative, but... Um, yeah. But anyway, as, as hard of a time as I went through, I think my screaming, uh, although it was uh, um, used as, in a form of uh, camaraderie amongst mm-hmm. the teens, also, it was... We're at a, where you're at a point where... All I really want to do is just scream mm-hmm. right now. Unless somebody gives you that permission to do so, you, you may not just be on the side of the road going ah, at the top of your lungs for a minute solid. But because I laid this out as an acceptable parameter, I think it helps people get mm-hmm. through their emotional toil just as much as as I was and you know Rocky came up to me and was like you gotta know people have been like this helped a lot Um, 
it was yeah it was it was definitely like a um, interwoven gem throughout the mm-hmm. the whole thing and um, I, it would make a great short film I think I really do there's so much mm-hmm. of there's so many like snapshots that I would that would I think would tie together nicely yeah. and it can I mean it could almost be you'd want I mean you need some dialogue but it could almost be unspoken a lot of it yeah. I mean you definitely want the conversation with you and Tom and conversation oh yeah and clearly there was a lot more that that went yeah. on that I didn't write in here but but yeah, it definitely reminds me of a indie mm. indie film. Yeah, I love it. Okay, that's it. Um, just listen to my closing credit. It's so stupid, but I love it. <laughs> Title of the podcast. Nice. Yeah, I think I really do think you have something there. I think it's a good, it's a good story. Um, telling people stories and then talking about them. I think it's I think it's worthwhile. Oh wait, we're getting the call. <laughs> Hi, mom. Call her. Mom, go ahead. First time, long time. First time, long. First time, never. First. Uh, Mega dittos. Is that, is that the Rush Limbaugh thing? Thank you for listening to this episode of Never Too Late. Stories and more from me, David.